Well, it's really good to gather around God's Word on this um, Easter Sunday. So if you have your Bibles, uh, please turn to Luke chapter 24. And we're going to read the first few verses together. And then we're going to have a look at them. Let's just pray before we do that. Our Father, we do thank you for your Word. We thank you for this Easter morning and that we can enjoy the glory of the Gospel after we've remembered the the death and the suffering of your son. So our Father, just open our eyes and our hearts as we look at your word together, as we do it in your name and in your presence. And we ask it in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. So we have here um, a passage, and I've titled it this morning, um, Surprised by the Truth. So let's have a look at Luke 24, verse 1 through to 8. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is not here, he is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. Not those who heard the words of Jesus were surprised by how true his words were. Now, here are some of the words that they should have remembered. They're also in Luke's Gospel. It's Luke 18, verse 31 to 34. Jesus took the twelve aside and told them, We're going to Jerusalem, and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be handed over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, and spit on him. They will flog him and kill him. On the third day he will rise again. The disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden from them, and they did not know what he was talking about. You know, I think this morning, this great Easter morning, we need some good news. And with these eight words, on the third day he will rise again. And with those seven words that we read just earlier, we have the great news, the best news ever. On the third day, he will rise again. He is not here. He has risen. This is the good news when you hear it. And it's even better news when you believe it. You know, all four gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, bring to us the good news as they present to us the details of the life and of the death, the burial and the resurrection of Jesus and then the ascension. This is the good news that Paul took to the then known world. Listen to 1 Corinthians 15 verse 1 to 8 when Paul said this. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. Why is it good news when you believe it? Well, 
Paul's going to go on and tell us in this passage, by this gospel you are saved. If you hold firm to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. How does Paul know that believing this good news is not a waste of time? Well, he continues, For what I received I passed on to you, as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, and according to the scriptures. Well, the good news was foretold by the prophets. It was God's will that this should happen. Why? So that the curse of sin could be lifted from our shoulders and placed onto his beloved son as he hung upon that cross. And the good news was to go out to the rest of the world. We read on in that passage of Paul. And that he appeared to Cephas. And then to the twelve, this is the risen Lord. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. He means by falling asleep that they've died. We see, when Jesus rose from the dead, many people saw him. And when Paul wrote about it, he could say to his first readers, go and ask the people who were there. Some of them are still alive, and they will tell you what they saw. Paul goes on in that passage. Then he appeared to James, that is the brother of Jesus. Then to all the apostles, and last of all he appeared to me also, as to one abnormally born. It doesn't mean abnormal in uh, the sense that you might think. It means that he was born not in time to become a follower of Jesus when Jesus was actually ministering. But he met with Jesus later on the road to Damascus. So Paul is saying he knows what happened because he also saw the resurrected Jesus. He's not here. He has risen. And because he has risen by this good news, you are saved. Notice that Paul is speaking to those who have received the good news and have taken their stand on it. Those who this morning can rejoice like us. And we're going to rejoice also in the words of the hymns that we have for us today. Christ the Lord is risen today. And we can all say to that, hallelujah. Christ triumphant ever reigning. You know, this is... For eternity. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. This is how he showed his love on Calvary's cross. It's great to come to the hymns. I just want to share with you some words from another hymn that we can say. We can say this when we know Jesus as our Saviour. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. So this morning, we have heard the words of Jesus when he said that he would rise on the third day. This morning, we've heard the words from the angels at the empty tomb who said, He's not here, he has risen. 
I want us this morning to listen to the words of those who say to us, I was there and I know that he has risen. Let us ask the question of John the Apostle. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Let's find out. John 19 verse 25 to 27. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved, now this disciple is the Apostle John, standing nearby and he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her to his home. The Apostle John was there. John, were you there when they nailed him to the cross? Yes, the Apostle John was. John 19, verse 16. Finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified, so the soldiers took charge of Jesus carrying his cross. He went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on each side of Jesus and Jesus in the middle. John, another question for you. Were you there when they pierced him in the side? Yes. John 19, 33, 34. But when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they didn't break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. You see, John can tell us this because he was there. Were you there, John, when the sun refused to shine? The Apostle John was. Luke tells us what happened while John was there. This is in Luke 23. It was now about noon. The darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. For the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Were you there when God raised him from the tomb? Well, let's have a listen to John 20, verse 1 to 10. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciples. The one Jesus loved, this again is John the, the Apostle, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple, again, this is John. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. We're told that John was the youngest of the disciples. He was obviously a little bit fitter than Peter, and he could run faster than Peter. And as you would expect, John got there first. But well, he stopped at the entrance. He looked in, but he didn't go in. Not like impetuous Peter. We know Peter, don't we? Straight in, feet first. That's exactly what he did. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. You see, Jesus wasn't there. He had risen. 
We read on. Finally, the other disciple, this is John, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. Get that. He saw and believed. They still didn't understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were sleeping. John then was there. He went in. He saw the empty tomb. And he believed what Jesus had told them. He had told them what would happen, that he would die, and that he would rise again from the dead. They didn't fully understand why, but they knew that he had. Let's ask John another question. Hey, John, were you there to see the risen Jesus? John 20, verse 19 to 20. On the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together. So John was there with them. On the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were there together. With the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Yes. John was with the disciples and he was overjoyed because when John looked in the tomb and saw that he was not there, he knew that he had risen and now he was there with them. And you know, we this morning can rejoice. Why? Because Jesus is here. Okay, we might be separated because of COVID. It might be an unusual way in which we meet together But he is here. As we recall the words of Paul that we read earlier from 1 Corinthians. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. And also, let's look at the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 18. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. And he also said, I will never leave you, never will I forsake you. As you've listened to this this morning, you probably realise that I've taken the theme for this morning from another hymn. The hymn, Were You There When They Crucified My Lord? Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Oh, were you there when they crucified my Lord? Oh, sometimes it causes me to tremble, tremble. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? And that hymn goes on. Now for this morning, we have heard from some of those who were there. John was one of those who was there. And he tells us also in his gospel, why he wrote his gospel, why he wrote this book that brought good news. John chapter 20, verse 30 through to 31. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. You see, John when he saw the empty tomb, believed. He believed that Jesus had risen, but he didn't fully understand why he had to die. 
He didn't fully understand why all this Easter time, the time that we call Easter, had to happen. But now, when he wrote his gospel, everything fell into place and he wants us to know. He wants us to know that Jesus performed many signs, many, many things, and they saw it, they witnessed it. They didn't record it all in the book, but they recorded what we needed to understand about this. It's written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. If you know this, well, let this day be a time when we can rejoice and let us take that rejoicing with us as we go forward. But there's a question, if you don't know this, maybe this is the time to review the truth of who Jesus is. Let's just take a little snippet from the scene before the death of Jesus. Pilate was a man who was there. Pilate was a man who spoke to Jesus. He had an opportunity to know the truth of who Jesus was. In fact, that was the role that he was given. He asked Jesus who he was, and Jesus told him the truth. And when he did, Pilate asked, What is truth? And then he threw away the opportunity to know the truth. This is what John wrote about that. This is Pilate standing, talking with Jesus. And he said, You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? retorted Pilate. And with this he went out again to the Jews, gathered there and said, I find no basis of charge against him. This might be your chance to be surprised by the truth. What is truth? Here's the truth. This morning you've heard the truth from Peter, one who was there when they crucified my Lord. What did Jesus say when he was asked the question, Who are you? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then he went on to say, No one comes to the Father except through me. May this be a day of rejoicing, because you know who Jesus is, your Saviour. If not, maybe it's a time to ask the question, what is truth? Who is the truth? Who is the way to God? And Jesus will say, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Father, we just ask you now to bless these words to us that we might now not only know that Jesus rose from the dead, but that we might understand why he rose from the dead and that we might accept the truth of who he is, that we too might be surprised.
at the great joy and blessing that that can bring. And our Father, we ask these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.